the simplest commercial baking resource. Brought to you by Bakerpedia and hosted by Lynn Carson with a PhD in grain sciences. Sharing knowledge and helping you grow connections. You're listening to the Baked in Science Podcast. Welcome to Baked in Science. I am Dr. Lin from Bakerpedia, the world's largest technical resource for commercial bakers. Hey, guess what? Bakerpedia is reaching 2 million page views in a year. What does that mean? It indicates that we are the largest baking resource in the world because we are being sent all this organic traffic from Google. So thank you. Thank you for coming to our website and supporting us. Don't forget, we hear you. We hear you through our forums and through our interactive Baker View sessions. And if you're an ingredient or equipment company who is interested in sponsoring any of our Baker View live seminars, Contact us today at sales at bakerpedia.com. On this episode today, Richard Charpentier and I answer mole and shelf life related questions. If you want to go in depth into improving your cake or bread shelf life, go to our Baker View today on our Baker Academy to download those episodes on cake and bread shelf life extension techniques. Remember, it's free. It's free because it's sponsored by awesome companies like IFC Solutions, Zoom Essence, J&K Ingredients, So Fresh, and Top Taste Onions. I hope you enjoy this episode. Dr. Lin, what is water activity and how do I measure it? This is my favorite topic. Water activity is king to anything that lasts more than a week on the shelf. Why? Because it determines whether your product will mold or not. The water activity of a food product describes the degree to which the water is bound to the food product, okay? Its availability to participate in chemical and biochemical reactions over shelf life, and its availability to facilitate the growth of microorganisms like mold. Low water activity can help inhibit microorganism growth. While water activity is the most common used criterion for food safety and quality, go to our water activity page to learn more. On this page, the water sorption graph will show you that a water activity of 0.9 supports bacterial growth. Yes, that's where bread is and mold growth begins at the water activity of 0.6 and above, which is most baked products. The water activity of bread and bread-like products like pita and flatbread is usually around 0.95, and the water activity of crackers are around 0.3. So is it important for you to buy a water activity meter? It really depends on your food product. For the sake of knowing, reach out to your food science department at your local universities and they can run tests for you on your product. If you're doing R&D for shelf life extension, then yes, you should invest in a water activity meter. Remember, when developing products for water activity, using sugars, salt, and honey and hydrophilic ingredients, 
this will decrease your water activity without affecting rheological properties. Don't forget the tips that Richard will be sharing in his segment. Richard, how can I stop my cakes from molding? So if your cakes are molding, this is what can be done immediately. One thing, we talked about the preservatives. Preservatives, if the cakes are molding, we have sorbic acid. You'll see that being used a lot. Potassium sorbate and sodium propionate are often used in that combination. But the issue is uh, on cake products, there is when you're using leavening agent, your pH often will be between 7 to 7.2 because it buffers due to the ingredients. What it means, it means it stays at a certain level. So if you will be throwing a lot of ingredients on top of it to try to uh, preserve you know, for, against mold, the issue is they don't taste very good. It's not highly recommended. It's good to have it, but they're not very efficient. Usually at that pH level, you would get between four to maybe eight percent efficiency, meaning you know whatever you're putting in is only efficient at that level at that at that pH. Usually, cakes. Uh, there are some solutions if you want to lower it. Some vendors do have ways to now naturally lower the overall pH with new baking powders, and it's something that please reach out to me, and I'll be glad to share it with you. Uh, another way to control mold, you know, in cakes and the most efficient, in my opinion, is to use the uh, oxygen scavengers. Oxygen ca- scavengers is basically modifying your packaging. Once you seal it, those are the small packets that you would see in beef jerky and it says do not eat it very small. And, and it's, uh, it's a silica base and there are some that are more natural that I've seen. And they use what they do. Basically, they absorb the oxygen from your packaging. And what it means is by depleting the oxygen from your packaging, mold cannot grow. That's the only cure to, to remove any mold to expand and grow. Because remember, molds are present in the air. Mold are always around us. So uh, oxygen scavengers are good, but there's an added cost to it. So... Uh, and another one, which you know, it should be should be part of the norm. Good sanitation, because molds are everywhere. They're present. We're breathing them right now. They're all around me. Uh, mold, yeast, bacteria, as we're well aware. And how do you prevent it? We cannot prevent it, but good sanitation program. And once you're packaging your products, you're putting in. Make sure that people are wearing gloves every time they touch the product. And once they're you know, removed from their station, make sure that the gloves get thrown away and they come back with fresh gloves. Because if not, you know, they're going to be touching things and touching the cakes. So it's very important. Because the, the least once a product comes out of the oven, it's basically sanitized. It's, there's nothing growing on it. It's after when it cools down contact with the air that's where you get the mold dr lin can i make my no bake cookies last 90 days one of the most wonderful thing about working with bakery products for me is the food safety aspect 
every baked product served to the end consumer has a kill step. So many of our end products reach an internal temperature of above 74 degrees Celsius or 165 degrees Fahrenheit. This is why salmonella and E. coli contamination in the baking industry is very rare. When you make raw foods, which are what no-bake cookies are, you potentially create an avenue for food contamination. While sanitation and food safety are easy to control for small batches, conditions may not remain the same as you scale up. Bigger issues will surface when you employ employees to produce your no-bake cookies. In addition, without a kill step, you lose a critical control point in the food safety aspect of your product. So I do not recommend no-bake cookies that have shelf stability. However, if you do want to still pursue this risk, which could possibly put you in some legal soup, listen to what Richard's tips on extending shelf life of bakery products are. Lastly, airtight packaging with refrigeration would help your products get a longer shelf life as well. Richard, how can I extend the shelf life of my donut for more than 24 hours? There are several things that can be done, you know, simple thing to increase it over a 24-hour period. The first thing I would say, proper fermentation. How are you fermenting your donuts? Is this a straight dough? Do you give it any time? Is this coming from a mix? So that's important to know the ingredients you have in. So, and, and as we all know, the proper fermentation and the longer the fermentation that will allow for better shelf life over time. So what, what I would look at, you know, always look at measuring, if possible, your pH or your TT, your to total titrable acidity. It's good measure for knowing where you should be, you know, and, and make sure you have no deviation to make sure the product is properly fermented. Uh, if not, there are ways, you know, you can start doing a polish, which is starting to take a portion of your flour with water, doing some pre-fermentation and adding it to your donuts. That will help. There's some levain, which becomes a little more complicated. You know, you're taking a, a, a sourdough technically and refeeding it. But in a donut, that's going to give you a clean label little shelf life extension. And on top of it, you will get flavors. Uh, and then let's think from, from a formulation standpoint, what can be done also? Because if you're not using a mix, as we mentioned earlier, you could be putting more sugar, sugar in your, in your dough. Sugar has a tendency to extend the shelf life. More eggs, more egg yolks will help with the tenderness of the product because Shelf life, as it stales, basically it's going to be a textural thing, and that's where it needs to be taken care of. You know, either through the formula, through the fermentation, or through uh, the, the the doing a polish or doing you know the fermentation of the ingredients prior to. And the last thing is for shelf life. Also, enzymes are always fantastic. Enzyme can be used. To you know, ask the, your your vendors or your rep that you're talking to to see what enzyme they have for donuts. 
be careful because it might change the reality of the dose. So therefore, it might change the way it works. So maybe you might lose a little bit of volume, but everything can be rebalanced by knowing all the other ingredients. Dr. Lin, how can I keep my coconut cookie from becoming rancid? Coconut is high in fat. Therefore, if you do not use defatted coconut flour for your cookie, you will experience rancidity in your product. A note on rancidity. It is caused by oxidative effects on the fat molecule. This is enhanced by exposure to oxygen in the air and fluctuations in temperatures. Therefore, if you want to prevent rancidity in your baked goods, reduce the water activity if you can. Use an oxygen scavenger in your packaging and keep the storage at room temperature whenever possible. Richard, how can I keep my icing shelf stable? So we're talking about an icing. So icing on a cake. Usually an icing is fat-based. It has a stabilizer, sugar. So now let's think about it. Why is this not stable? So let's think of all the uh, culprits that could be creating for your icing not to be stable. Water activity is the number one. Because water activity, when you have multi-components items, and we're talking about an icing, we're talking about a kick, we're going to put an icing on top. And if your water activity of your cake, usually your cake is going to be around 8.5. And, and if you're icing, it's going to be away from it, basically like 0.9 if it's too thin, or if it's 0.0 when it's too too thick. The delta, the gap between the two, water will always transfer to from the highest to the lowest water activity. So as I said, if you have 8.5 cake, 8.6 cake, and it's going to go to an icing, that's going to be about 0.8. And therefore, your icing will start getting extra water. When you bring extra water to something that even though it was stable, it's going to start getting watery and creating pool of water and getting very wet and tacky. So that's one way to try to solve the issue. So, uh, and also, you know, a lot of bakeries that I've seen and, and they make a lot of mistake is when you make an icing and you cook it up, over time, the icing has a tendency to get thicker because of normal evaporation. The water evaporates, so it gets thicker, and the operator will has a tendency to just take water and throw it in. That's the big no-no because now you're just adding water, and, and that icing is going to be wet over time. So it might just set for now, but once you put it in your packaging. Another thing, too, and, and if we're talking about a package good, making sure that the temperature of your cakes and altogether, you know, the surface and the internal temperature has plus or minus 10 degrees from the ambient temperature of the plant in which you're in. Because if it's too, if your cakes are too hot when you're packing, packaging your cakes, you will create condensation within your packaging and that condensation will force one mold and also will make your icing melt. Uh, and one thing too for uh, people also get rancidity within their icing. And in order to prevent oxidative rancidities when the fat turns out, 
a lot of people in the rising as a norm are using basically fat flakes and as a really high melt point and helps out. So you just put the fat flakes and those fat flakes are being treated with antioxidant as a norm. But if you do not use fat flake, you use a different fat, I would recommend using an antioxidant. You can use uh, EDTA. It's used as a antioxidant as well. It comes in a salt form and, and it will be put into your icing, but do not mix it with any, uh, any ascorbic acid or sodium uh, bicarbonate because it will start reacting. It has a negative reversal effect and it's not going to work. Also, simple one too, uh, maybe look at tocopherol, the vitamin E is a good also cleaner label antioxidant to be used as well. And all those things are solutions for you to create better shelf-stable breads and cakes. Dr. Lin, why does my pastry with honey mold less? Does honey have anti-mold properties? Honey is a wonderful sweetening agent, but it does not have anti-mold properties. The one reason why you may find less mold with the honey it's because honey works great in reducing water activity. So does sugar and high fructose corn syrup. So if you would like to reduce the water activity of any system to reduce mold, look towards sugar for the answer. Dr. Lin, are preservatives safe? I don't like to use preservatives. All FDA approved Preservatives like calcium propionate, cultured wheat, sorbic acid, potassium benzoate, or potassium sorbate are safe for consumption. Many entrepreneurs start up with selling their cookies or baked products without using preservatives. And I admire you for doing that. However, if you are going to scale up to be a multi-million dollar baking company, your shelf life has to be longer in order to meet your distribution channel. This is just the life cycle of any scalable food product. In order to keep your product safe for consumption, you have to use some kind of preservatives. Can you imagine shipping off freshly baked goods that taste and smell so good, worth thousands of dollars and it gets returned to you within a few days due to mold. That is devastating. Devastating to your bottom line. So please use a preservative to keep your product mold free. And if you'd like to seek an alternative, go to our natural preservative page and seek solutions from there. Remember, Natural preservatives are sometimes needed at twice the dosage as its artificial counterparts. So it's vital that you add the right amount and you have high sanitation standards in your bakery. Dr. Lin, does packaging help with molding? Packaging absolutely helps with molding. Like Richard said, mold cannot grow without oxygen. Therefore, if you pack your bakery product in matte packaging and or with an oxygen scavenger, you will get an indefinite shelf life that is mold-free. Now, this may not be feasible for some, 
but now there is a new innovative product in the market that is emerging as a leader in packaging. It's from a company called SoFresh and it's anti-mold packaging is revolutionary. So look it up on Wikipedia today or contact support at wikipedia.com to get a sample to try it out. All right. If you have more questions and if you need any help with your mold and shelf life issues, check out our Baker Help. Try a one-on-one -on -one consultation with one of our experts and we will get you there. Don't forget to subscribe and like this episode and share it with your coworkers. Till the next episode, bakers, make it sweet.